Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Wendy Hunter, and I'm the pediatrician next door. I'm that doctor friend you call for practical advice about your kid's health. I mix the science of medicine with the reality of parenting. In episode 17, I spoke with Dr. Lars Bode, professor of pediatrics and director of the Human Milk Institute at the University of California at San Diego. In that episode, we talked about the incredible properties of human milk or breast milk beyond just providing nutrition. It has a lot of other effects. Breast milk can literally save the lives of babies who are born prematurely. And UCSD is one of the few universities with a milk bank that collects donated milk from breastfeeding mothers. And how that works is enough for another show, so I won't share it here. The story I do want to share with you now is that when the COVID pandemic first began, there were so many unknowns. And for these fragile, premature newborns and their parents, the biggest question was, is my milk safe for the baby? Whether it was milk from their own mother or donated breast milk, doctors didn't know. Nobody knew if the virus was in the milk and if it was safe or not. But Dr. Boda's lab at UC San Diego was in a position to provide that answer. And here's that story. When the pandemic first started, I got a million questions from parents that I didn't know the answer to in all genres of pediatrics, but nobody knew the answer to the question was, can I breastfeed if I have COVID? I know you got to that answer, but how did you mobilize so quickly to get to that answer? Because science doesn't move that fast. Yeah, so, so that was more a series of coincidences, really, and uh, that really made us thinking. Because even the series, the best case scenario that we had in place at that time wasn't that great. And uh, that needs to change for, for the future. So, so it happens that we have a, a very large biorepository here at UC San Diego that samples milk uh, ongoing. So we would ask people, you know, do you want to participate in this study? Uh, if so, you can send us a milk sample. Here's the collection kit. So they would send us the milk. And then they fill out uh, questionnaires for maternal factors and then also for infant health. And it happened that that was ongoing, still is ongoing uh, at the beginning of the pandemic. So some of the samples that we got there later turned out to be actually from women that had contracted uh, SARS-CoV-2 and had covid so we were able to collect samples there very quickly because it was already ongoing, whereas others still needed to go out, write their IRB approvals to get uh, approval to collect and recruit even. That usually takes months to get through that, and we were there right away. WHO uh, declared the pandemic in March 
2020. And we had the answer whether replication competent virus makes it into human milk by May 2020, so two months later. It took us until August 2020 to publish that in a peer-reviewed journal. But really, it is a total of 161 days from beginning of the pandemic to publication uh, that we were able to answer that question. And that includes securing funding, getting samples, analyzing the samples, validating assays, writing a manuscript, putting all the statistics behind it, and then getting that through peer review and getting it published. Usually it takes years. And we were able to do that in 161 days. So from a scientific perspective, that's that's super fast. But from a health public health perspective, that is extremely slow because that means 161 days of uncertainty, 161 days where parents and healthcare providers don't have an answer. There were a few reports where viral mRNA was found in human milk. And people are like, oh my God, oh, this virus makes it in human milk. But uh, our data had shown that just because there's RNA or fragments of that RNA from the virus doesn't mean there's actually an active virus that can cause disease in human milk. So we debunked that uh, pretty quickly. But of course, the scare was out. Even if you have that data out, and you know, we, we conveyed that to the WHO back then, even then you could still see in November or December 2020, so several months after we had that uh, data confirmed, there were still health systems that would say, don't breastfeed. If you have COVID, don't do it. If we don't know anything about it. Well, we did, but the information never made it to you. There's really a lot to learn in this space. Uh, how to do this faster. Uh, how to set a system in place that can survey ideally before a pandemic is declared. Do these experiments ideally before a pandemic is declared? Because ideally you want to have the information out the moment you declare that there is a problem because you can immediately declare the solution to the problem. And that's really what it takes because we cannot afford this uncertainty of not knowing whether breastfeeding and, and human milk is safe. And, and that is especially important for our preterm infants in the uh, neonatal intensive care units. So if you don't know whether a certain virus or bacteria make it into human milk, uh, and you don't know if pasteurization takes care of that and eventually, eventually inactivates that, you disrupt the entire stream of getting human milk into the neonatal intensive care unit. And that can cost your lives, literally. We're not just talking about a higher risk for XMR or being potentially smarter if you use human milk for a term infant. In the preterm infant, this can be a life and death decision. And uh, we absolutely need to make sure that we're faster, even faster uh, than we were last time. And that's something we're setting up here in San Diego right now as part of our new Human Milk Institute, where we're collaborating with the UCSD Prepare Institute, which is all about pandemic preparedness, to work with the virologists, to work with the epidemiologists, to set a system in place that can answer these questions ideally within days or hours instead of uh, taking 161 days. To learn more about the Human Milk Institute and Dr. Boda's research, you can find him on the web at the link in the show notes. Thank you to Dr. Lars Boda for sharing this insider look into the process of scientific investigation. If you haven't listened yet, be sure to go back and listen to the full episode. For more from the Pediatrician Next Door, find me on the web at pediatriciannextdoorpodcast.com. If you've got a question about the weird things kids do, send an email to hello at pediatriciannextdoorpodcast.com for a chance to hear your voice on the show. I'm Dr. Wendy Hunter, and I'm the Pediatrician Next Door. This show is produced by Red Rock Music. Make sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever it is you're listening. I'll be back next time with more.